Hi, Louis-Pierre Louis Gignac, President and CEO of G-Mining Ventures. Um, we're looking to build the, essentially the third largest gold mine in Brazil with this new uh, project that we're proposing for Tucum Tanzino. How are you, Louis-Pierre? So you back in March, we had a little chat about the uh, Tapajos region uh, and it's a, the, the new gold mine for Brazil. Um, and you've just put out the feasibility study. Some nice numbers in there. You happy? Yeah. Yeah, some really good numbers. I mean, we're looking at a 24% rate of return on, on this project. Um, obviously, we, we've gone through a significant update for this feasibility study, um, and we're showing some very robust numbers. Um, so we're very happy about uh, putting the study out today. So that was, it was, it's, just remind me, it's an update study from the 2019. Um, you've reduced the uh, answers produced from, I, th I think it was 184,000 data, 174.7. Obviously, in a better gold environment, higher gold environment, but you're A6 down. And so, more broadly, it's, it's an upgrade on the last um, feasibility study, but you've kind of tweaked things around. I'm just wondering why you did that, because, you know, you talk about, you know, increasing the initial capex, et cetera. So, what are the, what are the variables you played around with and, and why? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the previous study was based on, uh, $1,300 reserve price for, for gold or 1200. And, you know, obviously with the current market, we're using $1,400 gold for updating our reserves. So that's allows us to have a, a larger pit that's economic. Um, so we're essentially adding uh, 200,000 ounces to the reserves. Um, so we'll have 2 million ounces of reserves um, versus the, the previous study. So, you know, with that, we've included actually some mining dilution um, in that reserve. We come out with a grade of 1.31, which is uh, uh, a bit lower than what it was before, but that's because we've added uh, a bit of conservatism, some dilution in, in the reserve estimate. But you know, overall, we we achieve a, a very interesting gold production profile um, over the life of mine of, of 10, 10, 10 and a half years. We'll we'll average about 175,000 ounces of production, and you know, for the first five years, we'll be at about 196,000 ounces of production. So. Um, so yeah, this is a bit of a, a bump up than, than what was uh, previously published on this project. Right, and so if you if you go, if you're going about um, you know doing this, you you got you got to fund it. It's like you know whatever it's from memory, it's a 450 million market uh, um, capex. You are whatever 200 million market cap company. There's a kind of obviously with Facebook, it's a huge degree of certainty around this. So what are the funding uh, options available to you? Because you know, I, I saw the raise you did last year, seventy million. You got a lot of institutional, institutional money in quite quickly. You guys followed your own money. You know, took about seven, eight percent of that yourselves. There's, is there a degree of confidence about getting this funded in in this market? Because I'm just looking at equities across the board are you know struggling a, a little bit. What, what, what do you think your position is going to be? So I mean, the way we look at it, I mean, you look at our capex. It's four hundred fifty-eight million uh, capex, and you know that includes our mining equipment. Um, and so a lot of projects don't actually include that. They, they kind of assume they're going to lease it. And so they're only putting the, the initial uh, down payments in there. Um, we're actually reflecting the full uh, value of the mining equipment going into the, into the project. Um, so when we talk about financing, obviously, we do expect to get some equipment financing from vendors for, for our mining equipment. And we've already had those discussions. So when it comes to looking at uh, financing the project, there's obviously uh, equipment vendor financing for 40 to 50 million. Um, we are sitting on 58 million of cash right now, um, which obviously will be going in towards the project um, in various forms. So whether it's 
uh, long lead items and equipment purchases that we'll be making over the next six months. Uh, but essentially our cash position is, is part of our uh, funding going into the project. Um, and then, you know, obviously we do have um, various interested parties with respect to uh, private debt or bank debt and, and the streamers uh, that are very keen uh, to be making proposals to us. And, you know, this is, this is the timing for us with this study coming out. Um, we're essentially launching that process now um, with the feasibility study document and all the backup behind it uh, that allows us to, to really move forward in that process right now. Right. And explain, explain to me the bit. It's, it's kind of like you're keeping it in the family, right? You've got obviously G mining, uh, services, um, you know, which is obviously where, where you have spun, spun out of, um, have, you know, invested in this, but you are going to be utilizing some of those. Why, what, what, what are the advantages to, to doing that? And why should we not read that as nepotism? Why, why is that a good thing for this company? Yeah. I mean, really for us, I mean, it's, it's a good thing in the sense that if you look at a, many development stage companies, I mean, they're, one of their big challenges is getting access to the right teams to be able to execute on their projects. Um, so really we feel that's, that's one of the, uh, risks that we've kind of taken out of the equation here in the sense that we have an engineering company um, that were privately owned by by our family um, and we do have a master services agreement between the two companies and obviously we will be pulling uh, people from from the services business as our in-house construction and, and engineering team uh, going forward now so that you know that for us that takes a lot of the risk out of saying well who are we going to outsource our construction management to, or where are we going to find people to build this project? Um, we do have um, the senior team that is already identified that's going to be part of our project going forward. So we see that as a, a very, uh, very attractive advantage uh, for, for our company and the project. Yeah, and obviously I think their reputation precedes them, but what, what else did they bring forward apart from being there? Because you can say, We'll bring in a, the, the the best of those guys, we'll, and we've got the, we will utilize those services, and they know what they're talking about. What have they given you in terms of the understanding of the challenges ahead here? Because Tapachos region, it's a new kind of gold district. We we did a panel with you. I think um, we had uh, Cabral uh, on there, and. Um, and um, Sarabi, I think, you know, you've been talking about the region, but not getting not a lot of traction. You're coming in here as a significant potential producer in the in the near term, getting eyes on it. But what what were the challenges? Why were you able to walk in and pick this up and say, I think we we can make this good compared to you know perhaps the, the people who were who had it before you. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's the fact of maybe some of the, the prior experiences that uh, our company has. I mean, we we built uh, the Marion Mine for, for Newmont and Suriname. Um, you know, that's a very similar similar project, so similar environment. Uh, we're talking about the tropical environment with two meters of rain a year, um, language barriers in the sense that, you know, there's, uh, they, they speak a Creole of Dutch. Um, so, so yes, there is language barriers that we're facing in Brazil, new administrative systems to deal with. Uh, but the reality is our teams have executed on projects in similar environments. Um, you know, and I'd say Ecuador was essentially the same. I mean, very difficult conditions um, and in a jurisdiction where there wasn't a lot of mining expertise to start with. Um, so Ecuador is very young when it comes to mining versus, versus Brazil, where we do have uh, the ability to find lots of skilled uh, uh, people um, in technical fields and, and, and you know, construction uh, expertise as well so and you know not 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 
on top of that, I mean, it's also the fact that in Brazil, we, we do expect to have lots of vendors and manufacturers that we can uh, be buying from, as opposed to having to uh, import from, from international and internationally from other countries. So, you know, that, that is a major advantage for, for this project. And for us, it's, it's actually something that uh, will be easier than, than our previous projects that we've looked at and dealt with in the past. So, and, and so, and so what's, the, what's the secret source to this one? Because I'm looking at looking at the ASIC um, on this. You know, albeit a ten and a half year life of mine, I suspect you'd be doing exploration to expand uh, that. Um, this is a s- relatively simple process, but yeah. it is in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? I mean, what's the infrastructure around you? What what is there anything being built, or is it reliant on you building it in terms of roads and power, etc.? Yeah, so I mean, right now the, the the access road into the property into the project is is there. Um, we will be doing some upgrades to that road, but essentially we can drive into the the project right now. Uh, so the site is accessible. Um, previously, it wasn't before the road uh, being built. I mean, it was a fly in, fly out type of uh, operation, so very difficult to to access. Um, but in today's uh, environment and with the road having been constructed, I mean, we can drive in. Um, so we do have a small exploration camp right now that will be expanding to support construction. Um, but essentially, we will be building a permanent camp, a 1,200-person uh, camp, where we can have people, everyone will be on a rotation basis into the site. Um, so in terms of remoteness, um, that, that's almost uh, an advantage uh, in some, several respects as well. I mean, we don't have anyone around the project. We don't have any issues with respect to impacting communities or, uh, or whatnot. So... What that also does is it allows us to draw from labor pools that are much further away from the project because we do have a camp. Um, so you'll see, I mean, that, that does get built into our GNA costs. I mean, we do have people on camp, so we're feeding and, and lodging people. Uh, but that, that's uh, a minor cost to pay as opposed to um, uh, not having the right people on site. So, you know, we will be building a power line to connect to the grid, uh, 198 uh, kilometer power line. So yes, in that respect, that's part of the reason why we'll have reasonable costs uh, getting access to the uh, the national grid. Um, you know, talking about our process, it is a, a simple process. Um, we have a coarse grind uh, where we float uh, the, the sulfide, so not a lot of energy going into that. Um, and we do have reasonable good grade for, you know, look at all open pits in Brazil. I mean, one one thirty grams per ton with the strip ratio that we have of, of 3.4 that makes this uh, a really attractive project which gives us this low all-in sustaining cost that we're, we're projecting it, yeah it, it, it does but what, what are the what i'm trying to think of the other barriers because like when we've had companies on um, from Brazil previously, they've, they've, they've suffered from, yes, inflation. We, you know, we, everyone's now constantly talking about yeah. inflation. More than that, the kind of supply chain issues, getting things like filters, <clears throat> something as simple as a filter, you know, holding, you know, projects up for a couple of weeks at a time. The G Money services bit, I guess, is, does that reduce the risk of being able to access equipment? Um, I, you know, I, I think it's a question of identifying the, the long lead item equipment and, and making sure you're getting those orders in. So, you know, for example, on the mining equipment, we've already committed to uh, to 12 trucks and a large shovel, and we're, we're about to commit to some of the, um, the large mechanical process equipment. So, you know, going back to supply chain issues, that's, that's part of what we're trying to stay ahead of with, uh, with the cash balance that we have. Um, 
but you know, in, in the end, it's it's a question of getting your procurement process uh, down pat. And like I said, you know, we're we're trying to purchase locally where we can from vendors that uh, have what we require in country. Um, so we're trying trying to take out the the international logistics issues uh, out of out of the equation, um, and and simply deal with the the in country logistics, which are much simpler to to manage and and, and whatnot. But you know, going back to the inflation topic, I mean. You know, our, our capex is higher than what it was before um, by by seven percent. But if you actually normalize it for exchange rate, I mean, we're using a five point two to to one exchange rate, which is which is more of a current rate and in kind of in line with the two year trailing average for for the the Brazilian real. So, you know, if you normalize the the previous study to that exchange rate, we're at our capex is actually twenty seven percent higher. So, you know. That, that's kind of what we've been saying is that, you know, the exchange rate is there to help offset some of the inflationary aspects um, that we're seeing in the market. So even though our, our capex is higher, um, it's, it's, a man, it's, a, it's a reasonable um, increase that, that makes the project very attractive. Um, so, you know, that, that's part of the reason as well for, for purchasing locally. Um, we find that prices on the local scene are, are sometimes more, more attractive. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I think we've heard that before from Brazilian companies. Now, given this is a okay third, third potentially third largest um, gold mine in Brazil, it, it's big. But I've got to ask the question about you know because years CEO are going to face this all the time. Where's the growth? Where's the growth? Where's the growth? They, you know, you got to keep keep driving this thing. So um, this is a feasibility study. How how quickly do you move through to FID? And then once you get past you know, start a construction, do you look to M&A activity? Yeah, look, I, I think on our property itself, I mean, we have a lot of ground to play with to start with that hasn't been explored in the past. Um, so I think organically, there, there's a lot that we can do with our property. Um, you know, right now, we're actually doing a drilling campaign right now. Um, and we're trying to get that done before we get into the heat of construction, because then we're going to need beds for, for construction people as opposed to, to geologists and drillers. But Right now, we're focusing on drilling beneath the pit. Um, you know, when you look at our resource to reserve, I mean, we're converting 97% of our resource to reserve. It's only because we haven't drilled that depth below the pit. Um, so we see that as low-hanging fruit where we're trying to poke, poke some holes in there and, and build up some resource beneath the pit. And, you know, going back to our low strip ratio, um, we'll be able to pull that in with, with, uh, with the economics we have on the project. But, you know, beyond that, um, we do see a, a really interesting regional trend on our property. It goes north, northwest. Um, and we've had some a few drill holes in there where there's actually a, a copper anomaly that's that's very interesting. This could turn into a, a copper gold anomaly if we get it in the right, you know, get the right part of it drilled off and, and identified. But definitely um, there's the opportunity to find other intrusions um, similar to, to TZ on, on this land package. So that's something we'll be focusing on as we move along, but um, um, we'll definitely add some, some, a lot of you know potential and prospectivity to to what we already know right now. Okay, so feasibility study numbers out today. Let's, let's see how the market reacts. They look pretty solid. I can't see why there wouldn't be positive reaction to that, but you never know. The market's a funny and fickle thing at, at, at the moment. But the, the 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 blue sky component is you've got a big enough land package with expiration. Um, p- potential. How you, how do you go about realizing th- that? So have you, have you got issued guidance on that in terms of spend? Have you got targets? Is it a fairly 
early stage process, are you going to be using doing drill or a little bit earlier than that um, and using other means of identifying targets? Where are you? So, I mean, we, we have some ge soil geochem on the property um, and it, it isn't, the coverage isn't complete yet. There's definitely uh, areas that need additional ge soil geochem on it um, to, to identify some, some additional drill targets. Um, so that's that's essentially the first step that we'd be putting in place as part of our regional program. Um, but you know, when it comes to the Santa Patricia target, um, where we do have some copper mineralization, we we actually have some inbounds uh, from other companies wanting to do JVs on on that prospect. Um, so we know it's it's interesting, and and like we said, I mean, if once we start building this mine and, and getting some infrastructure into the region, it, it opens up a lot of possibilities um, for other deposits and other other companies in the region. So, you know, that's why we're getting these inbounds on some of the, the copper mineralization. But in our view, we're, we're hoping that we find the copper gold part, part of this. And so um, that'll be part of what we'll be, look to follow up in, in the near term as well. Okay, okay. Um, so have you allocated a budget for any so, of this? Yeah, right now we, we're, we're in the process of a 10,000 meter drill campaign right now. And most of that's focused around the main deposit. Um, the next big piece will be essentially uh, uh, the soil geochem that we'll be doing in the second part of this year to, to identify drill targets um, um, in the continuity of this regional trend that we're in. Okay, well, I guess more of that as and when you um, can announce that. Back, back on the fund investment decision, what, what's, the time, what's the time to that again, sorry? When do you hope to be able to get there? The timing on what? The FID, but to, to, in terms of the build, the build out. Yeah, okay. I mean, in terms of timeline for that, I mean, what we're looking to, to initially start is uh, some early works in the second quarter of this year um, and get into the full construction in, in by the second half of this year. And we essentially have two years of construction bringing us to commercial production in, in the third quarter of 2024. So. That's that's essentially the, the so which year of, of 2024 commercial production. Yeah, excited. I just lost you there. Okay, 2024. I mean, the other thing I noticed that you've um, done is is around the SS uh, the NSR where you've um, taken the you've taken a one percent back of the three and a half percent NSR on this for two, two million bucks, and I know you've got a a second um, tranche of three and a half million. You can pay for an additional one percent. Um, Correct. So that that's quite significant, uh, and obviously worth it. And you've got the cash um, to do that. Um, do you think you'll do the second one? The, the, the oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. That, that's right. That's that's a given. I mean, uh, it's just contractually we have uh, essentially thirty days after we commit to uh, uh, to a construction decision to to execute that second buyback. Um, so it's it's buying back an, an additional one percent, uh, which would leave the project with 1.5% uh, private royalty uh, to two, uh, two royalty holders. And, uh, and then the government has a 1.5% royalty. As well. So that, that second buyback, we obviously intend to do um, when we announce the, the official construction decision uh, towards, towards June, June, July this year. Okay, and with, with regards to the kind of corporate structure, I, 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 like, like today's just like a, a process of discovery because obviously not, we've not talked um, to, the, to the company much, and hopefully they'll come back on and get a little bit technical with us, um, you know, further down the line. But um, with the, with the corporate structure, you've got the attention of the institutional guys, and you know, for a company of two hundred million market cap, that's 
you know what most companies would 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 you know be very envious of. What's what? What do you think Anissa, the profile needs to look like going forward? Is it just right? We we only have eyes for institutional, and re, there's not going to be much opportunity for retail to kind of get in here. Or are you kind of cognizant of the the need for retail to kind of help with the liquidity and trading of of the stock? Yeah, no, definitely. We 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 think that you know the next equity raise that we'll be doing. I mean, the, we we'd like to 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 be a higher retail component to it. Um, so definitely, like you said, I mean, fifty-seven percent of our our shareholding is institutional right now, and there's maybe and then you know strategic being Eldorado and management. So there's only twelve percent retail in in our stock right now. So I'd say with with our next equity raise, uh, it'll be our you know our equity plug as part of our project financing. We'll be looking to pull in uh, the retail uh, set, retail side for sure. Okay. Okay. Good, good news indeed. Um, well, look, um, look, appreciate appreciate the the the, the, the quick update here on um, where you're at. Feasibility uh, study looks good. Um, like I say, let's let's hope the market thinks so too. Um, again, we'd love to see you come back on, get a little bit technical, maybe even talk about you know the the, the trials and tribulations of doing business in in South America, ESG, uh, and greenification generally in the in the in the marketplace. Um, so appreciate your time today. Thank you, Louis Pierre. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.